We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. For several years now, I've been helping schools implement trauma-informed strategies in their schools. Now, as students are starting to come back to school, the need for this is greater than ever. Here's the thing. I'm not a social worker, and I don't pretend to be. So my training really focuses on practical strategies that you can implement in your school without making your teachers feel like they have to be social workers also. I help schools implement trauma-informed strategies so that fewer discipline referrals, fewer dysregulated students, and a calmer, more focused atmosphere. And the best thing is, this training aligns perfectly with ESSER funding, so you don't have to take it out of your school budget. My clients report that they have better sense of how to help their students without adding another thing to their plate. Go to jethrojones.com trauma to read more about it, and let's schedule a chat. That's jethrojones.com trauma. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited to have Danielle Newfer on the podcast today. She specializes in teaching mindfulness, stress reduction, self-care, and habit formation to teachers and students. A high school English teacher, mindful school certified instructor, and an ICF credentialed teacher wellness coach, Danielle is the author of the book, The Path of the Mindful Teacher, and the founder of Teaching Well, which you can find at teachingwell.life. Teaching Well is dedicated to supporting teachers to reduce stress and burnout while finding and sustaining balance and wellness inside and outside of their classrooms. Danielle is honored to work with teachers through professional development opportunities, online courses, and one-on-one teacher wellness coaching. And this is the third time we've had Danielle on, but 
I really like Danielle and she's got great information. So I'm glad to have you here today, Danielle. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me on again. I was just saying, I hope your audience is ready to hear from me again. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Well, being mindful is so incredibly important and teaching is a stressful job. Leading schools is stressful. And what I really want to talk to you about today is you have this book, The Path of Mindful Teacher, which has a lovely model about how to become mindful as a teacher. And it's broken up into four parts. And I kind of want to just talk through those. And since our audience is mostly principals, um, I really want to talk about the power that a principal has in helping his or her teachers find themselves and become such better teachers because they found themselves. So let's start there. How does having a teacher who is mindful and aware of herself help overall the school? Well, I think that one of the biggest ways that it helps is that it it can change the culture of the school. The more teachers that we have that are bringing mindful awareness to their classroom and how they show up day to day and, and all those things will change the culture of our schools. And that in turn will help the students of that school. Yeah, that's so simple. It almost seems like, well, duh, we should already know that. But we often don't. And we forget that the teachers that are working for us are people with lives, passions and desires and ways that they want to achieve whatever their goals are in life. And we oftentimes think of them as just like cogs in a machine. And if the teacher leaves, we can just play another teacher in place. And with the teacher shortage we've been experiencing, we see that that is even more difficult. And so how does helping a teacher have mindful awareness help them even if they're like a struggling teacher? Well, I think that one of the things that I try to help teachers with who I work with is really starting to think about, you know, how they're showing up day by day with their students, how they're balancing, and that doesn't mean equal time, but how they're balancing their work and their their personal life. And by being aware of those things, they might know when to ask for help. They might need to, they might then know when they need to cut back on things or to add things. So having a sense of mindful awareness or being mindful of just how they're feeling can really be proactive instead of, instead of, again, teachers burning out and just leaving and like a principal not knowing like what just happened. Like I had this teacher, I thought she was okay, you know, and maybe, you know, she or he didn't know that there was another option or, or waited too long to get maybe some of the assistance that they needed. Well, and and now you're really talking about the consequences that come from not having teachers who, who are mindful because they may not recognize when they're getting burned out and may result um, in walking out on the job in the middle of the school year, which I've experienced as a principal with one of my teachers, or just disengaging and not doing the things that they had committed to or want to do and just walking, you know, walking back from what they're doing and then eventually leaving the profession. And you don't ever want your people to leave on a low note. You know, you want them to leave when they are the best. And I want to share one quick example of this. Uh, Kathy Kircher was a teacher for me in yeah, at Copperview Elementary in uh, Sandy, Utah. And she was a fantastic teacher, just wonderful. 
she was about to retire and we were adopting a brand new reading curriculum. And she said, you know, I want to try this out and see if, if I can teach in this new way and see if I can, if this old dog can still learn new tricks. And she was ready to retire and then said, I'm going to stick around for just one more year. And she was a really good example of someone who had her life uh, in balance appropriately. She worked really hard and stayed late many days, but to her, that was appropriate for her stage. She took days off to go see her grandkids and, you know, went to her kid, grandkids school performances and things like that when, whenever she could. So she really had like this great awareness of what she was doing why it mattered and wanted to stick around for one more year. So she did and then had what I think is her best year ever of teaching, had a really difficult group of kids that were just incredibly challenging, but she was very rewarded personally for the efforts that she put in. And it was funny talking to her because when these kids would have these problems, she would often say things in a joking manner like, you know, I could be retired right now and yet I'm here dealing with this, but she at least was aware enough that she knew when it was too much. And she'd say, I just need your help. And this is what I need you to do. And other times when she would say, I can handle this, but it's a lot or whatever the case may be. And that was a really good example of of what happens when people are aware. Yeah, that's a that's a great example. That's a wonderful example. Yeah, she's still inspired. I hope to be able to go out on top too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there are four parts to this. And so there's the teacher's mind, the teacher's classroom, the teacher's life, and the teacher's vision. And I, I certainly don't want to go through every single one of those, but I, I want people to recognize that there is a difference between the mind, the classroom, the life, and the vision. And there's overlap and it's not like it's all perfectly delineated, but what are some of the things that you could advise principals to do to help in any one of those areas? So I think that I like to start with the teacher's mind and and it's just for sake of needing to start somewhere because I really think that's the most powerful piece that the two chapters that I have with the teacher's mind are leave the teacher's mind, find the beginner's mind, and remember that that self-care is not selfish. And I think that both of those chapters, the first one really talks about how to, to leave what you think you know about mindfulness to the side and really just with an open mind, try to learn or relearn or think about what mindfulness could be for you based on the way that I teach it. And then the self-care is not selfish. I mean, if we don't, get that in the forefront of, or if principals don't get that to the forefront of their teachers, there can be no healing because if we think it's selfish, we won't do it. And if it's not coming from the top down where it's okay to take a few minutes to do X, Y, and Z, or to encourage a teacher to leave at the time that they're scheduled or at the time that feels comfortable to them, if it's not from the top down, it it won't be long lasting. So the teacher's mind, I feel like is a really good place to start because the whole book talks about how it needs to start with us and each individual and what they can control. So, so really getting clear on that, especially the messaging from the principals to their teachers about that they believe in these things too. It, it's got to start there. Yeah. And 
you can say that you believe in it, but when your actions don't show it, then you're going to have some challenges. So what are some of the actions that principals could take to make sure that they show their teachers that they believe it, that they don't just say it? Well, he or she as a principal could definitely also be doing some of these activities, modeling them, maybe using a book as a book study where they are actually talking about their own experience with doing the three breath practice or or doing some of the things that they are encouraging their teacher to do. It's also really helpful if you're encouraging a teacher to practice self-care that you're practicing self-care yourself, whatever that means to you. So maybe that does mean that you are encouraging your teachers to leave, maybe not at the end of the day, right? The end of the day, but at a set time that's comfortable for them in their stage of life, like you would said before in that previous example, that they're not staying till all hours every single day and burning themselves out because the worst, not the worst, but it's not helpful for a principal to be telling their teachers, oh, you should be doing all these things. And then their teachers see that they're not doing those things. It would be the same thing. Like if me, me telling my students, you should be doing X, Y, and Z and, and me not following through with that. And that kind of stuff happens a lot in our homes with our kids. My wife and I are allowed to eat on the couch, but our kids aren't because we know how to not make a mess. And that's a really simple thing, but it also has, has great import that. If you say you're not allowed to do this, my kids are at the age where they like to call us out for our bad behavior. And so my son likes to really get on my case whenever I do something that I've told him not to do. He really enjoys that. And it's fun. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But what we need to be able to do in a professional environment where we really are peers or similar ages, or at the very least, we're all adults. We need to do the things that we say are important. And it's important also to have conversations about what appropriate balance is for each of us, because we do have different experiences and perspectives with that. And that's okay too. And it's not always easy to admit that, that, that that's okay also. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And it's hard. It's, it's not easy to do, and it's not easy to practice what you preach sometimes. But even again, having the conversation that it's hard is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you can agree and recognize that it is hard, then it makes it a little bit easier to talk about because we know that we're all struggling with it. And that's, that's a piece that if you can recognize that it is challenging and find ways to bring that up and talk about it, then you can then make better choices in the future going forward about these different kinds of topics and and not just say, oh, this is hard, we can't do it, but say, this is hard, how can we do it? How can we support each other? And when you have a team that can rally around and support, then then there's a lot more value there for everybody who's part of the team. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, 
One book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being and much more. These books used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that then our students see that too, you know, that we're, we're prioritizing these things. And even if they don't see the prioritization, they will benefit from healthy administrators and healthy staff members. They certainly will. And that, that's a really important piece too. Well, tell us a little bit about what the teacher's vision is. We've talked about the teacher's mind a little bit, but at the end of the book, you talk about the teacher's vision. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I like to, I ended the path kind of with um, a call to action and basically a call to action to ask teachers to start where they are and where they feel comfortable to take this into their classrooms or their lives or whatever, whatever feels appropriate. And the first part was to reflect with self-compassion. And, you know, so many teachers and I would think administrators as well, like we want to be we want to be doing everything right and we want to be able to get it and we want to be able to pass these things on or to do things um, perfectly. And the reflecting with self-compassion is basically saying like, you know, you don't have to do it all. And whatever you have tried it throughout this path is perfectly appropriate. So that's kind of um, why I started with that is like one of the fears I had when I started to learn about mindfulness and, and how it could be integrated into um, schools was that, oh my gosh, I have to do all these things. And then you start to get overwhelmed by all the things and then you do nothing. So the reflecting with self-compassion is just saying like, wherever you're at, it's good. And then the next part of the teacher's vision is to continue along the path, whatever that means. So it never ends. Um, there will always be a new batch of kids that I can work with in a mindful way. Um, and I can always be trying to find places to fit mindfulness practices into my classroom and when I work with students. But for some people, they're going to want to to take it a step further. So I offer that as with some tips and tools in there about, you know, look at your strengths, look at your community needs. How can you be a part of this vision if you want to take it to a different level? So I I like to end in that way where it's just like, you know, what, but whatever teachers decide to do with it is going to be powerful because we don't have to do the big, huge things. Cause when we do the little things like that ripple effect will impact so many more people than if we put stress on ourselves to like do all these grandiose things and then they never get done. Yeah. You know, I used to think that being okay with whatever effort we put in or whatever we did was good enough. I used to think that that was lowering expectations and like giving up on excellence. And that's not the case. Can you give me your perspective on how that's not lowering expectations or giving up on excellence? Yeah, I I feel the same way. I went through that same sort of transformation and thought as well. Because I think that the bottom line is that if we aren't aware of what's going on with us and how we show up in the world and how we interact with others, then we might not be able to do the work that is 
harder and tougher. So if we take care of ourselves, if we are that role model, if we are that change in our, I, I always say like that my little corner of the world, my little classroom, my, my community, if I don't do the good work there on taking care of myself and showing up and being the person I want to become, how can I ever make large impact beyond me and in a deeper and greater way? I've got to start with myself in my little space. And it's almost like, I'm saying this to a friend, it, it's, it feels almost empowering to me to say it that way now, because it's like, I don't have to worry about all the huge things. And because sometimes when we get caught up in all those huge things, then nothing happens. It's that paralysis. Like, but if I can, if I can make a beautiful garden, like in my backyard to in, have other people enjoy and see and experience and the kids in my community, like understand how to, to grow vegetables and all those things. Like I'm then passing something on that's tangible um, as opposed to me saying like, I'll never get all kids to eat healthy. I'm just not going to do anything. So my wife's coach, Jody Moore says that she says expectations are unfulfilled disappointment. At some point you're going to be disappointed because your expectations were not met. And so rather than having those, you can recognize that what somebody has done is good enough. And the reality is, is that you can't go back and change the past anyway. So there's no sense in feeling guilty or badly about how things went. You just recognize that it was the right thing at the right time and it got you to where you need to be. And you're right. That is an empowering statement where I used to think that was a bunch of baloney to let people get away with being horrible human beings or whatever the case may be. That's a little judgy. I, would, I don't mean it that judgy, but I've seen how that has been beneficial for me to reflect in that way. And really that does have self-compassion. There's no need to judge your past actions, except in the case that they will help you do better in the future. And if they don't help you do better and you're just beating yourself up, that's a complete waste of time. But if you say, you know, I wrote that book or I did that lesson, or I had that conversation with that teacher, and this is how I could have done better. But in that moment, that was the best I could do then. Now I know better. I can do better next time. It's a very empowering approach to take for sure. So the last question that I want to ask you, Danielle, before we close is what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you? So I think that the consistent theme that has been coming up throughout our conversation is really walking the walk as a principal. If these things are important then to show your teachers that you are doing those self-care pieces, those mindfulness pieces, whatever it is, whatever it is, show them by what you do, not just by asking them to do the things. And I think that that will lead to maybe conversations that need to happen, but start with doing the things that you're asking your teachers to do. Yeah, I think that's a really great idea. Thank you, Danielle, for being part of Transformative Principle. Thank you for taking the time to share your story with, with my listeners yet again. Appreciate it. And I really do appreciate talking with you because you always bring such great information to everybody. Just want to remind everybody, teachingwell.life is where you can get more information about Danielle and her book, The Path of the Mindful Teacher, How to Choose Calm Over Chaos and Serenity Over Stress One Step at a Time is available uh, now. You can get that wherever you buy books. 
published by John Cat, which you just who published my book and also a, a sponsor of the Transformative Friends podcast. So thank you to them and uh, thank you for being here today, Danielle. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for having me again. I look forward to talking to your audience again soon. Hey, middle school principals, what if I told you that all your teachers had to do to teach your students really valuable social and emotional competencies was just press play? In Control SEL is a fully automated video curriculum that teachers and students absolutely love. And that's because it's easy, and it looks just like a Netflix or a YouTube show. So all you have to do to hear about how it can completely transform your school is schedule your call. Tell us Jethro sent you and you'll get 20% off if you feel like it's a good fit. So go now to www.incontrolsel.com slash strategy call to schedule your call today. The link will be in the show notes. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.